Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 831. I encourage people to take a risk and to try something different, and you would definitely enjoy the journey, even if it's not where you end up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Pilar Lamay. Hey, Pilar, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm buckled up and ready to go. Here we go. Pilar LeMay is the operations manager for LeMay Clean. It's a new car care company she and her husband, Eric LeMay, recently launched. Pilar is an East Coast native growing up in Clifton, New Jersey, who graduated from Emerson College in Boston. That's where she met Eric at Emerson, and they've been married for 21 years. Early in her career, she focused on television communications and writing, and she spent 15 years volunteering at libraries. And one of her current roles is managing the LeMay Family Collections Library at their Marymount Car Museum in Washington State. You'll recognize the LeMay name as it relates to the late Harold LeMay, who once had the largest car collection in the world, and Eric LeMay has been a past guest on Cars Yeah. Part of today's talk on Cars Yeah will focus on being the spouse of a car fanatic, especially one whose name is LeMay. That must be very interesting. So, Pilar, I've told our listeners, yeah, I'll bet. (laughs) So, Pilar, I've told our (laughs) listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about yourself, your passion for automobiles, and being married to a guy who has a few cars under his belt? Sure. Well, like you said, I grew up um, in New Clifton, New Jersey, so I'm, I'm definitely a very strong East Coast native from that area. When I met Eric, it was purely from a college party standpoint. I mean, it had nothing to do with cars. He did mention it, and I would notice sometimes he'd wear his one of his volunteer shirts just out and about on campus. And he invited me to come visit him uh, that Christmas break. So that was, it was actually about 27 years ago that that started. And he mentioned it again. And I was like, well, okay. So, okay, he's into cars. And I knew people that had like a car in their garage that they loved and (laughs) polished. And, you know, your typical person with their collector car. Yeah. And there was no internet back then, so you, it wasn't like you were doing any types of research mm-hmm. or anything to that extent. So, you know, I'd never been farther than Kansas before, got off the plane, met a ton of people, saw the company at the time, and I got to peek under some covers of cars. And it, I realized at that point that this was nothing that I'd ever witnessed before in my life. And I really didn't really understand the scope of it until many years later after graduating, moved here and went to my first car show and totally was in awe, overwhelmed, but inspired just by the whole spectacle. And if if anyone has not been to a car show, you must go to the LeMay car show last weekend in August every year. Yeah. And that was really where that started. I guess you could say that I wasn't, I'm not so much a mechanical minded person. I'm more into the history and the art and the structure of it. Right. But over many years, I've learned a lot just from people. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, for those of you listeners who don't know about LeMay, which I think there's probably none in the cars. Yeah, listenership out there. (laughs) 
look him up. Google Harold LeMay. At one point, he held the Guinness Book of World Records for the most cars. And when I moved up here to the Pacific Northwest, I had the luxury of meeting Harold and Nancy LeMay. That's when I met Eric. This was 23, 24 years ago. I got to go to their family home. I got to go to the Marymount College where they had a collection. And this was before the LeMay Museum was built in Tacoma, which I got to be a little bit of a part of that during the entire process. I took our car care line when I was at Grios to that museum where they used the car care products to this day. Yeah, when you uh, get married into the LeMay family, there's an indoctrination that happens. And you better be ready for a lot of cars, (laughs) right? Absolutely. You not only need to be ready for it, but I think your approach to how you live your life is very different because for people that live just in this area, they may have had the refuse and recycling service their whole lives. So there's that aspect. And then there's cars. I mean, everyone who, once they figure it out, if you're at the grocery store or you're getting your oil changed, some people will just ask and they just want to talk about their personal story. And I love hearing all of people's stories because there's something unique about each one. And I've not come across anything else in my life that that ever occurs to. Yeah. I mean, you, you just won't experience and being part of it is something that it's a really special thing. And we've tried to encourage other people like our child to embrace that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I met Harold, I asked him, and this again was 23, 24 years ago. I said, how many cars do you have, Harold? And he looked at me and he yeah. kind of rolled his eyes. He goes, I think it's around 35, 3600. <laughs> and I went, yeah. 3600, 3600 cars. He goes, yeah, I think so. It's just hard, around that hard, number. Hard to yeah. keep track. So yeah, it is absolutely astounding. And if any of you listeners are going to be in the Pacific Northwest, you've got to visit both museums, the LeMay Museum and the LeMay Family Museum, because they're both very different, different cars, different environments, but well worth a visit for sure. And as we continue on your journey, Pilar, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get those uh, many inspirational tires turning here on cars. So take the wheel. (laughs) Well, this one I struggled a bit with, I have to admit, because I'm usually not a quote person. I'm I'm more visual. um, And it's actually where I started. I do like to watch tons of movies. That's something that Eric and I always enjoy. So we actually talked about it. And one of my favorite quotes, and it, there's a double meaning to it, but in the movie The Godfather, I think everyone's pretty familiar with the scene where he says, leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> and my daughter was like, why would you say that? I said, well, it's not so much about what occurs in the scene, but first of all, there's a really cool car in it. And second of all, <laughs> I came from that type, not so much that specific type of environment, but I came from, you know, definitely I grew up in a city. There was no place to like have a place to collect all your cars and tinker and do that type of thing. It was just a different environment. And I think in life you have the sweet stuff, which is the cannoli and the not so sweet stuff. And you have to take everything as a whole and just embrace that and make it as part of your journey and move on to the next road that you're going to conquer. So that's kind of how I live my life, and I continue to try to do that ongoing. 
That is the first time <laughs> out of 831 guests that that quote's been used. Boy, and, and yeah, as yeah, I remember that movie, is. yeah, there was a cool car in there. There was a bunch of cool cars in, in uh, there all, were. the whole yep. Godfather sequel of movies. Well, share with us a little bit what it's like being married to a diehard car guy, being involved and being integrated into the LeMay family. And were you a car gal before you married Eric? Well, I'll tackle that in pieces, I guess. In terms of, again, like saying, kind of understanding where I came from, my parents are both very, their roots are very strong. They're both strong Italian-American heritage. My dad loved planes. That was actually where his interest was. He worked for the post office, but he worked at the airport. He knew everything about planes. We would go look at planes. And then in terms of cars, I never really thought of it as something like fun to collect. And it was probably because it just wasn't in my my daily realm. Mm -hmm. But we would always notice cars. And growing up, I would say a majority of my friends, most of them were guys, but their first cars were cars that they fixed up and they were from the 70s and maybe even the late 60s because one, that was what was available to them. And two, they liked them. There's definitely a car culture in New Jersey, for sure. And then as time went on, I would say I probably learned more about them from a historical perspective, because Eric was taking me all these different museums and, and such and showing me things. And that was kind of how I got more into, interested in that part of it. In terms of now, I do love cars, and I love to see them, and I love to hear about them. And I'm starting to learn a little bit more about different pieces and parts. And then just doing the work for the library and cataloging, I've learned so much about car creation and architecture that I just, it's fascinating to me. And there's so much information. I can't hope to ever learn it all, but I I am always looking something up, even if it's just a little phrase or a term. Thankfully, the internet exists, though, to be able to do that, because I don't know how I would have found the information 20 years ago, trying to look these things up. Yeah, those old encyclopedias I used to borrow from the neighbors to do my uh, reports in junior Mm -hmm. high and high school, they didn't give you a lot of information compared to what you can put together now. So very, very cool. No, (laughs) no. Absolutely. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a a big challenge that maybe you've faced as you've been integrated into your life around cars. Or maybe this has something to do with the new car care line, which we're going to be talking about here that you and Eric are launching. More important to that, once you've taken us to that challenging time, tell us how you overcame that situation and what it taught you. Well, I would say um, in terms of challenges, probably the thing for me at most is when you're is driving a car that's not only a classic car but has worth beyond just being like your daily driver like you just kind of have an old beater car mm-hmm. and when you're in our family and you're in events and you're you're promoting whether it's the museum or the car show you're just helping out you're going to be asked to move something drive something <laughs> or speak to something or, you know, entertain someone who is, you know, wanting to hear about the collection or they have a lot of information and you probably don't know as much as they do on that topic. Yeah. Many years ago, I would say my first challenge was I did actually have to drive a car in a parade and I'd never done that before. Oh, wow. Cool. I believe it was in Silicon and it was back it was 4th of July and it was back in 1998 so we're going back a ways mm-hmm. and I had to drive um, I believe it was a 1961 car but it was a convertible and it was a beautiful car it was white exterior with red leather inside 
and they said, Pilar, go to this corner. You can follow us and then just wait. And your group is coming and we're not sure who's coming. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm figuring it's, you know, maybe a couple or something like that. And they're, you know, involved in the community. And I ended up driving uh, several ladies from the Daughters of the Revolution, American Revolution. Oh, fun. And I'd never met anyone from the Daughters of the American Revolution. <laughs> I didn't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And they were the sharpest, most interesting ladies I'd ever met. Uh, they were fascinated by me and the car and that I was driving it. And it wasn't until after I safely drove them, got the car back to one of the garages, that I realized how challenging the situation was because they didn't know me. Yeah. I didn't know them. Here I was driving this very expensive car and I was entertaining them and I was I hoped that I was answering all of their questions appropriately because I really didn't know. And cuz I know that they take their heritage very seriously and oh, there's yeah. a whole process and all that to get into the group. And I really started to sink in and dawn on me how public that involvement is and how you really have to kind of be on your your game with that. And that grew in time as the museum started. Um, Eric was the founding director of the first car museum, LeMay, which is now LeMay America's Car Museum. Mm -hmm. So I had to participate in things with that. And then now with the business that we're doing, it's a different approach, but it's same because we are now having to talk to customers from a different perspective and really listen to what their needs are, how our product might work for them, how it might not work. And customizing it to them. It's different when you're showing something to someone in the nonprofit world because you're like, hey, this is what I think it's important about cars or car parts. Take a look at what I've got. Now we're trying to sell that a product to them and saying, hey, we think this is a great product. We want you to think it's a great product too. But we have to hear their feedback and then incorporate that so we can make the best product right. possible for them. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a process, and I'm still learning a lot <laughs> about it. You know, you hit on a really important thing here. I've talked to many, many people who are from museums around the country and, and actually the world. And some mm-hmm. of them have told me going from a profit business into a nonprofit is a huge adjustment in mindset and how you promote. Yeah. And you're doing it the other way around because you've been involved in we nonprofit are. Mm-hmm. and now you're a for-profit business. So, yeah, it's a very, in- yeah. very, very interesting aspect. Well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum here and talk about an aha moment. And one thing I'd love for you to talk a little bit about is maybe there's some insights you can give to those spouses out there marrying into someone who's a car guy or a car gal about the life of being married to a person like that. Sure. Well, I've I've probably had lots of aha moments and one that when I was kind of talking with my husband about it, one that really came to my mind was it was in the early beginnings of the museum starting. And I believe we just had had the 501c3 started and the process was starting and the great race was somehow in conjunction with the history channel. And I, I was looking through all my records and I can't remember all the specifics, but it was probably mid nineties when this was occurring, Mm -hmm. they were kicking it off at Annie Wright in Tacoma. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was just a big kind of promotional thing. It was a dinner. You had to get dressed up and I was, working in Seattle at the time. I took the bus every day and I was working in customer service and video production. And I said to one of my coworkers, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come to your dinner party. I have to go to this. And she said, what? (laughs) I said, oh, it's this thing and History Channel and blah, blah. She's like, 
that's your family? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I read an article about it, you know, in the Sunday Times years ago or what have you. I said, yeah, and it's this really cool thing. And I was, you know, la, 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 being very naive about it and a very young at the time. And she said, you need to go to that. You know, don't come to my dinner party. Go (laughs) to that. Yeah, it's a big deal. (laughs) So Eric pulls up in our car to this picturesque school. You can see the water. Um, It's all manicured and there's these really cool cars and I'm learning all about the great race and I see cameras and I froze for a minute. Yeah, it's like, uh uh-oh, paparazzi. (laughs) It it was, and it was weird because this is, I actually studied, I mean, this is what I went to college for. I was an intern. I did television production for years. Um, One time I thought I wanted to go into that and I decided to take a different tack, but this should have been old hat to me and it wasn't. You know, suddenly the tables were turned and and people were coming up to me and to him and asking questions. And I'd never been in that situation before. And it really overwhelmed me. I remember telling my parents about it afterwards that this is really big and the world is watching, per se, even if it's just the car world. Right. And how historically significant Harold's collection is, first of all, just for one person to be able to do that. And oh, by the way, it's all here in Washington where I live and it stayed here. It started here and it's massive and it's going to be in the goodness book of world records one day. And now when I look back at that time and I look at what it's become, I still get overwhelmed by that whole experience. And that's just (laughs) one of many, but that's the one that stuck out in my mind as being the first time I really sunk in. I'll bet. I'll bet. You know, I remember that because I was at that event and I remember uh, mm-hmm. way back when some of the participants, I was working uh, at, at Griot's Garage, a car care company, and they needed a place to bring their cars to work on them. And we had a warehouse. So I invited some of the drivers to bring these old, like 1920s race cars. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember I didn't, I called my wife and said, I'm not coming home for dinner tonight. There's these cars here and they need some help and we're going <laughs> to give them some stuff. So, uh, you know, she's, she like you, Pilar, Mary, a car yeah. guy so she goes okay have uh-huh. fun <laughs> no problem mm-hmm. and I remember that and going to that event and uh, this was before I actually had met you but I knew Eric back then and yeah that was a big deal right. and Annie Wright of course it's a private girls school I think they actually just switched over to boys and girls but I think so yeah high school yeah but uh, Annie Wright's mm-hmm. a beautiful campus there in Tacoma overlooks the water and beautiful setting so that was a very very fun event I think you touch on too like when you are married to a car guy and in retrospect I never thought of Eric that way but when you when I was looking at the whole picture I realized that is the case is that there are times where you you know it's a beautiful summer weekend everyone else is going to the lake you're going to a car show (laughs) yes (laughs) or you might be going to give a tour to some just to one person of you know a person who's come into town and someone they want you to speak to right or you need to show them something it's just you you have to put yourself in that mode and you know also car show season tends to be summertime and not everyone can understand that but it's something that is just part of our my life at this point and i don't think any differently of it sure Um, but it is something that and again that situation was one of the first where i really had to adjust my 
life around that. And from there, it's just grown. But <laughs> yeah, it is definitely something that pops up very frequently. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Well, tell us why you decided to be an integral part of the LeMay Family Museum. You work in the library there documenting things. Yes. But also, you've obviously decided to join Eric in this new venture with the LeMay mm-hmm. Car Care line. So uh, tell us uh, why you decided to transition to that. Or maybe you didn't have a choice because you're part of the LeMay family. <laughs> I mean, you got to be in the cars. Yes. Well, it's funny because, I mean, all these things were always happening in the background, but I had my job and, you know, my life and what have you going on simultaneously. And then at the time, the LeMay family collections was getting off the ground. I was very familiar with Marymount in general. I'd spend much time there, help with things, visited. They were just starting to get off the ground, um, trying to use the things that we had first to get started. And Eric, took me about a year to walk in and take a look, but Eric kept saying, you know, they really want you to help with this library stuff, and they know that you've worked in libraries and you love libraries. Can you come take a look? And I said, well, I'm afraid to come take a look because <laughs> I kind of had an idea what I might be looking at, and they're like, no, no, you just need to come by, Pilar. So I finally, after about a year of hearing about it, I came by on a Wednesday And they unlocked one of the doors, and I walked into a room with hundreds of boxes, piled high. Yeah. And there was a part of me, like most people just go, I don't even know what to do with this. And some of the volunteers are like, I don't know how we'll ever get through all this. And my eyes lit up because I love to do that. It was my passion. Yeah. And we started sorting. You know, sometimes I just have one volunteer and sometimes I have 10. (laughs) Yeah. It was just something I couldn't not do it. It was just part of me. And I see that probably as the best legacy that I can leave for our family. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm long gone, that library will still be there because I had the expertise to start it and I care deeply about it and I want it to be successful. There are so many things in that collection that were donated, but there's also things that belong to Harold that I remember seeing on his desk. And here they are, you know, I'm cataloging it, I'm putting it in the collection, and, you know, there's just no other way to describe the passion for that. It's it's definitely a part of me. Now, in terms of the business side, I've known Eric for a very long time, and we've gone through life changes together and now we're on this new chapter of becoming empty nesters here pretty soon yeah and what do we want to do you know we've been in the nonprofit world for a while and we we want to be in the for-profit world too and we just are very passionate about the product and we're passionate about selling to people and we're also passionate about being entrepreneurs we both want that for ourselves So it's a natural fit. It's definitely a learning process, though. And you're right, you do have to shift gears when you're you're in that mode. But it's something that I wanted to be involved with, too, because I really believe in the product. And I believe in Eric, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about the start of this business in a few minutes. But first, I want to know, um, uh, do you enjoy, or uh, let me rephrase this, actually. Is there a car uh-huh. in the LeMay collection that means the most to you? When you go through Marymount, and I'll let our listeners know, Marymount is a old boys military school that Harold bought years ago and started filling with cars. There's cars in the gym. There's cars in the pool. There's cars in the lobby. There's cars on the lawn. There's cars everywhere. This place is packed full. But is there one car in that collection that you walk by every day and go, oh, that's the one? 
I really have to rack my brain for that one because there, <laughs> no there are so many cars. <laughs> I know. I, I know that's probably an unfair question to ask, but I have it's to. A tough, I, what I can definitely do is give you a range of styles of cars because I just get so excited that I get to walk by these cars on a frequent basis. And I've done, I've walked by some of them for many years. But for me and cars, there's things that are interesting. I love cars that have history. I like fast cars. And I like cars that have a little bit of kitsch to them as well. Mm-hmm. There's definitely, for me, a lot of interest in the Doozy 2, which oh. is a replica car that you can drive. But it, it looks just like it. And they use it in parades all the time. I think it's often used for a Grand Marshal car. Just the fact that a car like that exists. And that you can actually drive it and, you know, go to the grocery store in theory if you wanted to with it. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool to me. And it's just a beautiful car as well. I know it's kind of campy, but I love the DeLorean. Oh, yeah. I just think that's awesome that we have a DeLorean and I go look at it and I think about the movie. Like I said, I'm a visual person. I love movies as well. There's just some, I mean, I'll go look at a row of Packards and just be overwhelmed that I'm looking at a row of Packards. It's just that I have that at my fingertips is just incredibly awestruck for me. Um, And then there's just various things in the collection that are pieces and parts, signs, all of that stuff is just, I love being able just to pop in and take a look at that type of thing um, as much as I can. It truly is definitely a collaborative thing for me. It's an overwhelming place. The last time I was there was a couple months mm-hmm. ago. Eric invited me to be a speaker at the uh, NAAM event that you guys hosted there of all these uh, museum Correct, curators. Right. It was a really fun evening for me to get up and talk with the group. But just walking around there, uh, yeah, it's just there's so much to see. It's so overwhelming. <laughs> there is. You, you just you go, how can I soak all this in. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a hard decision working in a museum and try to pick just one car. Well, is there a car you've owned in your history that you really wish you had back? Do you have a seller's remorse story? Yes, and it, it's actually, it's sometimes it's a very sad story sometimes because this car was, it was actually a pickup truck. And it was the first car that Eric and I bought together with cash. And we truly loved this car. It was a 1989 Ford Ranger pickup light blue we paid our own money to put the canopy on I mean, it was a bare bones car but this car we drove to our wedding in new jersey with this car my oh. wedding dress was transported in it wow uh, we went on our honeymoon with it we commuted with it we did all sorts of things with this we helped move people we moved with it it was part of just our fabric of our being we were going to own it forever yeah and one day um, we have kind of an uh, our driveway is kind of a circular half driveway. So we tend to park the cars around the circle so mm-hmm. you can get in and out because our street is kind of busy. And one day the most freakish accident thing happened. A man was driving a truck and for some reason he had loose truck tires, like very large tires in the back. Mm-hmm. And it literally rolled out the back of the truck and slammed into our oh, pickup. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing. And here you have the tire on our front lawn and our poor pickup. Yeah. And we, at the time, I think we had like three or four cars, and we were transitioning to try to fit a car seat for our child and another. And it was a weird scenario where we needed to 
to rectify the situation. And then the man was so upset about it. He was on a budget himself. He didn't even own a car. And he said, look, can I buy the car from you? And I will definitely use it. And I will, I have a, my brother can help me fix it. So we did. And he did end up doing that with the car. I mean, it really meant the world to him that it did, but we miss that car every day because I think there's probably lots of sayings and mantras about your old pickup. Mm -hmm. That really, truly was our pickup. And I I see them on the street occasionally. I just get so upset that we don't have it anymore. Yeah, it's the memories. I I think we would, the memory, and it's just, that was where I really learned to drive true stick. I mean, I, I had a car with stick before, but driving a truck is very different. Yeah. And being able to park and maneuver. And like I said, we commuted with it and we camped with it. It was just, I really wish we still have it. I still miss it. Secure your loads when you have something in the yeah. back of your truck, for goodness sake. Well, let's talk about the LeMay Clean Car Care line. I would love for you to let our sure. listeners know what you guys are launching, the first product or two or whatever you're launching and a little bit about this whole brand. Okay. Well, um, just to give you a little background, the the product itself, we have produced our first one. It's called Organic Mechanic. And what this product is, it's, it's a cleaner and degreaser where it breaks down the hydrocarbons carbons of anything that's organic matter. So it's popular for cleaning things up like spills and grease and gunk in the automotive and commercial world. But you can use it to pretty much clean anything that's an organic substance. Like, for instance, I use it around my entire house to clean pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. I use it on the inside of the car to clean up the stickiness and such. Um, We've used it to get like bug sap or sap or, you know, bug stuff off of your car. There's all sorts of uses for it. But the product itself is something that um, Eric had the opportunity to manufacture and sell for many, many years. But we were very young at the time and we were concerned about, you know, how will we start a business and, you know, pay our mortgage and oh yeah save for college, you know, all that things that most people have worries about. Right. But it was always in the back of our mind. And then now the opportunity has presented itself at this time in our lives. And we said, why not? And we kind of forged ahead with the the product and it is available for sale on Amazon. It's also available at Marymount's gift shop. And then we are also started visiting some car shows and doing product demos for people oh, and yeah. just showing them. It's funny because I don't think people often realize how much work it is to clean all the gunk off of stuff, especially if you're into using old parts or your collector where you have to clean this type of stuff up on right. a daily basis. Right. It really breaks things down. Our daughter has gotten involved in it, and she loves doing demos and things like that as well. It's really been fun to go to car shows and just talk to people, too, right. and hear what, how they do things. Um, I've learned so much from talking to people, um, and it's just I'm really excited about being able to go to more car shows in the future with the product. Do you have a website where people can buy it as well? We do have a website, but we're not currently doing fulfillment through it. We're we're using Amazon at the moment. Um, okay. th- one of the things we've gotten um, is it's a 32-ounce spray bottle, and it's completely recyclable. So we, we hope in the future to be able to offer it in different shapes. And then we have a, a product as well that can be used in the kitchen specifically. It's more tailored to that. And then we also, um, it's great at killing odors. 
it's used for that as well. So we're we're in the process of doing that as well. But we chose Amazon for the start because we knew that we could send it to them and then they could reliably ship it to people. Right. Well, Amazon, they know what they're doing when it comes to getting products to people. So I, <laughs> well, think-, <laughs> I think it's more too like people don't realize, you know, oh, I'm going to start a business and start shipping things. But when you're dealing with a liquid, oh, you gosh. have different parameters you have to follow and you want to make sure you get a quality product to the person that's ordering it right that it wasn't crushed on the way you know things like that so oh, they gosh, yeah they do um offer that type of service oh yeah no believe me having uh run <laughs> as a president of griot's garage for many 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 years and shipping lots sure of liquid you know. products i've experienced everything yeah. that could go wrong with a liquid product being shipped that is possibly could happen and i tell you one of the things that yes in the early days caught us off guard was products freezing in a truck, a UPS truck traveling across the country in the wintertime. And then once it freezes to a certain point, it bursts the container. And then that block of oh, that block of ice melts once it gets into a warm place. And the, the, oh, my goodness. the consumer opens it up and goes, <laughs> what the heck's going on here? So yeah, I think you've teamed up. So very cool. Your first product, it's very, the organic mechanic. I like that name. It's organic, yes. non-abrasive, safe, uh, has a biology factor in it, industrial strength. Very, very cool. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. And I would assume there's going to be Thank more you. products coming down the line? Yes. Um, part of our goal is we want to offer this product and then offer other things as well that support it. So we're hoping to, in the future, introduce something that can help with the cleaning process, like perhaps a special brush or a cloth, things oh, yeah. of that nature. And then we also do have hopes to help with odor reduction. Some people want it just for that purpose. They don't need um, or they want it for a different use. And then there's people who buy it who aren't the car person in the family, but they want something that's going to be useful as well. So we, we hope to have a kitchen product as well. Very, very nice. Very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Pilar. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Okay, that's a really, well, I guess it's not a tough one and it's kind of an unusual one, but yeah. my personality you know, like I said earlier, I like cars that have a little bit of oomph to them, and that can get you over tough spots. But I also want it to be reliable and practical. And I absolutely love the versatility of Subaru Foresters. Oh, yeah. But they have to have the turbo charge in there. Because <laughs> without the turbo, I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah a little bit of power. <laughs> and it has to have leather for sure. Yeah, very nice. Definitely. All right. Very cool. Well, Pilar, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. 
It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. All right, Pilar, we are entering what I call the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you could give a spouse who's deciding to marry a car guy or a car <laughs> gal? Uh, patience. Patience, patience, <laughs> and flexibility on your summer schedule. Ah, <laughs> oh, perfect. I love it. Will you share one thing any person needs to know if they're about to marry a car guy or a car gal? <laughs> I, I would say definitely, you know, just like you said earlier in the beginning of your interview, buckle up and hang on for the ride. You're going to meet <laughs> cool people. You're going to see some fun stuff and... It's well worth the journey. Absolutely. It is all about the people. Yes. Now, there's a lot of great resources out there, but is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners? One thing I really love to read, and again, I'm more of a book you know, book person, so take it with a grain of salt, is I love going through old automobile quarterlies, mm. antique automobile, and any car club newsletter I can get my hands on. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the personal stories of the collectors and the car club members. Oh, absolutely. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough one. Um, okay. Well, again, I like fast cars, and I would love to just kind of pick Danica Patrick's brain. Oh, yeah. Because... The fact that she not only is a race car driver, which when I was a little kid, I thought that maybe I would want to do that. But, you know, definitely not suited for that. But just, you know, what is it like to be a woman in what has traditionally been a man's world and how she perseveres and how she defines success? I think that'd be a fun, fun conversation. You're into books. You've worked in libraries. You've put together an amazing library there at the Marymount yes. Museum. But is there one book that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, this is okay. So I'm, I'm going to get you off on a tangent, probably that just like my quote answer, but I, like I said, I'm very visually oriented. I don't necessarily get into the nitty gritty of books, but I, even as a child, I love Stephen King Ah, yeah. and I love the fact that he incorporates history and he's even got a couple of books named after cars or about cars. Mm -hmm. Um, but any book in his family, especially the retro books like Christine, um, I think he's got a newer one that's a little more dark called Mr. Mercedes, but just anything by him I love. Um, and I love that he tries to incorporate history because yeah. for me, especially dealing with cars as well, um, I love to get a little bit of history in there. That's what keeps me interested. Oh, uh, yeah. Scary guy, Mr. King. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. Just... He tells good stories, though. He tells good stories. Absolutely. <laughs> well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Pilar has shared with us on her show notes page at com 
slash Pilar. P-I-L-A-R is the spelling of her first name. And of course, LeMay. And uh, I'll remind you too, you can go back and listen to Eric LeMay's talk here on Cars Yeah that I had with him last year. Uh, well worth another listen. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Pilar. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Okay. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Money's no object. Don't worry about it. I'll even go find that old truck and restore it for you and bring it back. If that's the one you want, what kind of car would that be and why? Well, if any car. Any car in the world. I am very much in love, and it's not even like a specific year, but when I see a vintage 50s Thunderbird, especially if it's aqua convertible, I mean, just to have that car sitting in my garage to look at would be fun, but to be able to drive it, that type of car would just be something I would think would be fun and awesome to own. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, an old T-Bird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah just I, like, and it, it'd have to have all those parameters, too, because it would have to be pretty. Because there's so many T-Bird versions out there, but those are the ones, every time I see one, I just kind of stop and take a look. It just There's something very calming and tranquil but fun about it, and it's just very iconic as well. Well, that'll be a fun one to find for you. And, of course, one of those beautiful sure 50s colors, the aqua color, <laughs> yes. would be pretty nice. I had a uh, an Aunt Ginny who always had T-Birds. And I remember they had a yellow 57 T-Bird, which I think is the one with the porthole window and the hard top. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, okay. Well, I think I can find you one of those. I'm sure there's one in the LeMay <laughs> Museum somewhere in Beckett. I know, but... But it's not one I could put in my garage. I know, I know. <laughs> I it's in a museum. So we'll have to yeah. find your own so you can drive that back and forth sure. to work. Well, right. Pilar, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. This has been really fun talking to the spouse of a true blue car guy, Eric LeMay, and hearing a different perspective coming from your side. It's great to know you've embraced this in your life and it's become a part of your life. And I want to congratulate you and Eric for the launch of your new car care line, which is awesome. Entrepreneurship is a great thing. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance? or wisdom before you head off into the sunset in that T-bird? I would just say in life, you're going to go through different changes and different paths. And sometimes it's a path you might not have turned down, but I encourage people to take a risk and to try something different. And you would definitely enjoy the journey, even if it's not where you end up. Great advice. And could you let our listeners know again, a great way for them to learn more about LeMay Clean, your new car care line, and of course, Marymount, the LeMay family collection. Sure. Well, regarding LeMay Clean, our website is lemayclean.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is LeMay Clean as well. And I believe it is the same as on Instagram. Um, I updated Twitter. I update Twitter more frequently, like if we're at a car show or something to mm-hmm. that nature. So I encourage you to go out and follow us. Uh, we'd love to get more followers. And then for Marymount, there's a website as well, lemaymarymount.org. There's tons of really cool information on there. Um, they do also have an Instagram and Twitter account by the same name. Um, But the website really is a good source of information. And you can also call. They're open every day except for Mondays. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Pilar shared on her show notes page. At CarsYeah.com, just type Pilar. She's the only Pilar who's been a guest on the show. (laughs) P-I-L-A-R is the spelling of her name. So that'll be easy to find. I would encourage you to check out their new car care line, this new product. Get your hands on a bottle. You can get it through Amazon. If you're a Prime member, of course, you can get the shipping for free. It makes it very fast and easy. 
Yes, it does. Pilar, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences living with a car guy with our listeners here on Cars Yeah. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate it and I enjoyed my time. This has been fun. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.